Welcome to the Green Architects Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Briley. And I'm your host, Bill Kaplan. Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? I was just going to ask you, how are you doing? I beat you to it again. I know, it's very cliche of us. Fine, <laughs> fine, I'm fine. Happy to be back. Let's talk today about Passive, Passive House. House yeah. in general. And essentially, that there's, there's sort of a split in the Passive House community. Right. And we're here to kind of kind of poke out a little bit, dig a little deeper and, and ask some questions and try to understand the difference between Fias Plus right. and Fias Right. Uh, yeah, the new 2015 standards and fee, the European thing. Basically, here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe this is the theme for the podcast. Uh, it's like um, there, there are parents, there are Passive House parents and they got a divorce. Right, and we are their children, and they want us to come to their house for Christmas, and we have to decide. We have to decide uh, which flavor of passive house we're going to pursue. We're going to certify, the, the, and and like any good divorce, uh, we need alcohol to go with. That's right. It's the only way we're going to make it through <laughs> Christmas. I know. Right, Christmas with the divorced parents. Oh my God! What we really need is a Manhattan. That's right, Phil. This is the best. I think hand on heart. This is the best Manhattan I've ever had. Well, ever. Thank you, Chris. Thanks Dude. for saying so. It's delicious. And strong. Holy monkey. All right. I just, I just sprouted a hair on my chest. Mm. You were due. Right. I've got, yeah, I was too. I've got three now. <laughs> That's good. They're all around my nipple, of course. <laughs> all right. So the reason I chose a Manhattan. Yeah. It's, it's just a very simple, basic, elemental drink. It's really got three ingredients. That's it. Right. You and can't screw it up. But you can. Well, no, I was going to say, you can, actually. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, had, I've asked for Manhattan, had one, and I don't know, they used, like, the wrong vermouth and just tastes cheap. Maybe they toss a few min, you know, maraschino cherries in it or something, and I don't know. It, it just, I'm like, I... It's not what I wanted. It, it can go wrong. So can my, go wrong. One of my points with this Manhattan and talking about Manhattans today is to let them know the ingredients and and the specifics of Manhattan are really essentially important. Okay, so the classic Manhattan is two to one. You right. get your bourbon, you get your sweet vermouth. Right, okay? sweet vermouth. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Right. Don't so, use the same vermouth used in your martini. Go right. splurge. That's, that's right. So, I mean, you can <laughs> go, go down to the end of the street. You can go to Shaw's or Hannaford or Giant Eagle or whatever you've got, wherever right. you are. Um, but don't get that vermouth. Right. Go to a store and, and look at the vermouth selection. So the vermouth the, we're having... is called Punt Imes. Yeah. Which means I have no idea, but I'm, I'm going to look it up. Punt Imes. Yes. Wait, wait. I, I've got a lifeline. <laughs> I've got a lifeline. It's not a, it's not Spanish, otherwise it would be a Y instead of an E. So Oh. Portuguese Italian. Italian. Portuguese. Portuguese. Italian. Alright, well we're gonna look it up or, and, we, yeah. and, and, and fill it in afterwards. But it's a it's a very different kind of sweet vermouth. Uh, I also make it with Carpano Antica, which is a slightly sweeter sweet vermouth. Yeah. I mean these are these are top shelf vermouths. Yeah. And by top shelf it means you're paying an extra five to ten dollars a bottle. Holy so crap. Exactly. Right. And how much does a Manhattan cost when you get out? Five or, to ten dollars a glass. More yeah, or more. Or more. So spend the money if you're drinking Boston. Get yourself a better vermouth. There's another ver- vermouth called vermouth. 
which I... It sounds German when you say it like that. I don't know where it's from, again. It but just, it's just missing it, the age. It, it tastes really wonderful. Nice. Um, still, you stay with the two-to-one mix. You'll realize some are sweeter. Um, okay, but and some are this not. Manhattan, you've done you've done those things, but mm-hmm. then you've added something even special that's a fill. Well, it's it's the Punty Mace and the Woodford's Reserve mm-hmm. is the, the bourbon that we're using right. tonight. Excellent. Holy mm-hmm. cow. And then you use two to three dashes of bitters. I'm a bitters guy, so right. you use three bitters in... in in mine. Right. However, now, this is my bitters. Exactly. As you know from the last podcast, Phil has graduated to, uh, I don't know, uh, drink maestro status with by making his own, fashioning his own bitters. He's been doing this for maybe a couple years, one year. Everybody, year everybody has hobbies, Chris. That's right. You know. Well, everyone with time on their hands because they're not busy with architecture, I guess. No. <laughs> Apparently, I got nothing to do with my life. I can't, we can't get together to do a podcast, but boy, you've got time for bitters. No, it's great and well done too. It's you're an art, you're an artist. That's thank you. Well, this is my almond fig bitters. Right. right. No one's gonna find anything like this. It's phenomenal. No, it's a little. I mean, the the standard is an Angostura bitters. The right. traditional, I wouldn't recommend it much else than. And that, like, you can use, a, some people use a Peixos bitter, bitters, which I don't really like. That's more of a kind of a thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the right piece right. for this. There's a bitter called Boker's, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer that. Um, Fee Brothers makes an old-fashioned style bitters, also good in Manhattans. Here's what you do. You tape a $50 bill to an envelope, and you send it to Phil Kaplan, Kaplan, Archi- or Kaplan Tossen Architects, Portland, Maine, what, 4th Street, what's your address? I, you know, something, something, 4th Street, you'll find them, Google them, and then then, then beg him to send you some of this. That's okay, I'm, I'm keeping some in the office from now on. All so right. just come knock on our door, uh, I'll make you one All right. on and, Friday afternoon. And at Bryburn, we'll figure out some other way to lure you back over to our side, and we'll, we'll keep on competing, I don't know. I don't know how I can compete with this. I'll, I'll make them for you and drink them with no, you, my friend. You're, you are, you are, a, you are a gentleman. Hey, do you want to talk about what we're doing the podcast on? Oh, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> That's right. I almost <laughs> forgot. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, Fia's passive house. Yada yada yada. Right. So, by now, if you've made it to this podcast. Uh, if you've if you've not been living under a rock uh, and you're an architect of some kind or builder, green building enthusiast, you've heard of Passive House. You may even know their standards. And what you may not know, or what you are probably coming to know, is that there are flavors of Passive House. Um, that, that Just like is, there are flavors of vermouth and bitters. Exactly. And you can have an excellent Manhattan with a certain combination, or you can have an excellent Manhattan with another combination. Right. And, and one's different. not necessarily better. Right. But they're different. They're different. And you got to know what you're getting into. So first, let's start with a real quick history of Passive House. Real quick, because we're, we're assuming at this point you already know about Passive House. You already know the standards. We don't need to go you know, through that completely. But it helps with a little bit of history to know that Passive House basically... Everyone thinks of it as European, but all the principles really started in the United States, in Illinois, and, and even Canada a little bit um, during the energy crisis, 70s, whatever. We start having these uber-efficient double envelope and, and you know tight envelope houses, 
basically, you know, once that energy crisis is over, well, then we rip off Jimmy Carter's uh, solar panels. Reagan comes in, rips off Jimmy Carter's solar panels. Everyone relax. Everything's good now. But except the Europeans, you know, they don't have the same relaxation and they keep working at it. And then you've got, who do you have? You have Dr. Feist, of course, Bo Adamson, and Robert Hastings. Those are the guys who are... Um, championing Passive House. They write some papers and they're doing some research and they're talking about this this idea of having a house that is heating itself with internal gains in solar and needs very little other heat. That's, you know, this Passive House. And of course, they eventually in Darmstadt, Germany, build the first Passive House uh, that everyone has seen pictures of and they know about. And then um, Dr. Feist you know, invites Amory Lovins, who, of course, American and uh, of the Rocky Mountain Rocky Institute. Mountain yeah. Institute. And basically, Amory was sort of in- instrumental in saying to, uh, in fact, you can, you can look at our old podcast where um, uh, we don't have the audio for it, but we've got the transcript of where Dr. Feist is saying, you know, he's talking to Amory, who says to him that, you know, this is not just a scientific experiment you guys have done. This can be applied, this can be a real thing, and helps transform that into the standards that we have today, you know, a passive house, passive house standards. And then, of course, enter Katrin Klingenberg and the Ecolab and, you know, Mike Kernagas and those guys, you know, the, the sort of like this American, you know, wing that sort of goes to Darmstadt, learns all this stuff, brings it back, sort of gets a little, you know, American spirit to it or whatever. And... Uh, and then, you know, Katrin does her first passive house, I think it was 2002, is that right? Is it really that long ago? I guess so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in 90, what are we talking about, 96 was the first passive house? I don't know. Someone's going to have to fact check because we're just drinking and chatting like we do. That's how, <laughs> that's how we roll here. But, uh, and then, then of course, Katrin Klingenberg, who is, you know, now very close with Dr. Feiss and they have a lot of synergy and she founds Fias. Passive House Institute U.S. Of course, Dr. Feist has already founded Passive House Institute in Europe, and that's international, and FIAS is just sort of like the American, you know, wing of it. And then, you know, we're not really going to, I think, in this podcast, Phil, dwell on what happened, what caused the divorce, because I think that's that's history. We mm-hmm. don't care. I mean... We could get into it, and I'd rather not. Right. I mean, we're we're not taking sides here. We're really trying to do our best at objectively looking at this. And I think Chris, you and I both have that same attitude. We're right. not. Neither one I, of us fall on one side or the other. Right. I, we like to think of our office as being passidextrous. You know, we've got we've got one we've got one fee project. We've got a fees project. You know, in certification. Yeah, you know, that's all we've done. But you know, we've been living this thing for a long time. It, it's amazing. You know, you. You think like, well, we're doing passive houses. Oh, we've done two. It's like, are they one of each? Are you bi? Would you yeah, I'm bi. bi? I'm, I'm totally. Yeah. totally I'm, I'm, uh, of course I am, Phil. You know me. <laughs> God, this Manhattan is awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. So so we want to be in this office. We have the attitude where we want to be very flexible. We, we're ready to do either one. Up until 2015, the standards were exactly the same. They're passive house standards. Do you want to do those standards? We'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. them real quick. 4.75 right. use per square foot per year. Right. Versus And that's the 15. big one for us. Yeah, that's the big one for us in the northern climate, like climate zone 6. Like, that's the one that we have to hit. Mm-hmm. And then you have primary energy. We need 
the equivalent of 11.1 kilowatts per square foot. And then we have our air tightness. Yeah, 0. 0.6, 6, ACH 50, which is, you know, at 50, yeah. at 50 pascals. We've mm -hmm. talked about 50. that. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a peak load um, that you have to hit that we never hit here in, in Climate Zone 6. You, know, you have to either hit, and this is, we'll get into this, you have to either hit the annual load or the peak load right now in the European standard. And for us, we just ignore the peak load because we never hit it. Peak load has to be 3.14 BTUs per square foot per year for for heating and for cooling I think it's 2.54 but we don't, we don't worry about cooling up here that's that's nonsense well but you do down other zones right so we've got, we've got these standards that were essentially developed in Germany and sort of brought to fruition in Germany and, right. and Ketrin and, and her crew has brought them to the US and right. we realized it's a really different climate here that's right. And Several climates, yeah. That's right. We're all over the place here. And suddenly some of those things are much harder to hit in some parts of the U.S. and really much easier to hit in other parts of the U.S. Exactly. So what are we doing here? Are we trying to save the world? Are we trying to save the Earth? Right. Or are we trying to just meet a standard? I like to think, Phil, and we've talked about this before, that we're saving the planet. That's right. One building at a time, yeah. as much as we can. And and we're half joking, but we're also kind of we're serious, dude, right? Absolutely, I mean, we're I mean, serious. No, I mean that's why we get up in the morning and right, you know, beat this drum, drive into work. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, yeah, because you know it excites us and we want to make a difference, right? And these standards, we should say, were not developed completely in a vacuum. I mean, the annual heating requirement and cooling requirement was actually derived first. They figured out what the optimum. Uh, they came up with a 0.6 ACH 50 first because that was the healthiest, most energy efficient air sealing standard that they could come up with that, that actually protects the assembly as much as possible. And then once you figure out, oh, that's 0.6, that 0.6 ACH 50 and you're, tr you're shooting for 0.3 air changes per hour for the entire building, mm -hmm. there's only so much heat you can put into that amount of air volume that you're changing and that air that amount of air volume is what gets you or that air volume plus the the highest amount of heat at whatever it is 122 degrees fahrenheit no one uses fahrenheit except for us in, in the states but that's the maximum amount of heat that you could possibly put just using the filtered air the um the the balanced ventilation so that's where they came up with those numbers. And to us in the United States, that seems arbitrary. I mean, when you when you hear about hear how that comes about, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That was based on one climate, you know, Central Europe. That's that climate. And if you look at the United States, you go from Miami to us in Maine to Alaska, you know, heck, or even you know, Minnesota. I suppose they. They rival us, and some yeah, of they do. And yeah. you know, but what happens when you present a system to our tribe, our people who are, you know, our group, right. get excited about this and want to save the planet? Yeah, you know, the, the harder the better. Let's well, exactly. go for it. Well, all you right. Know, um, and a group of people starts to push, and push, mm -hmm. and say, "We're gonna, we're gonna go for it." And we start looking at the numbers, and we start looking at what we have to do in certain climates, and we say, "Oh." You need 14 inches of rigid insulation underneath your slab in this region 
and we're playing and playing and playing with our you know PHPP spreadsheets to get these numbers and kind of scratching our heads. Right. It's really good. We are saving the planet, but is this right for our climate? Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe. Maybe right. because we're still saving the world. Right. I, you know, I I don't mean that judgmentally at all. Right. But that but that's why some people started to ask the question. Well, and I I'll take a I'll go on a tangent with you if you if you want to climb the board. Um, having having yeah. done a passive house before, and when you get to the point where you just need a little bit more insulation to hit your numbers, boy, the slab's the easiest place to add more insulation. It's like you have you have so many dials to turn. You know, in terms of increasing your glazing, increasing your glazing efficiency, your you know solar heat gain coefficient, your ERV efficiency, your volume, right. all that jazz is so easy. But to say. Uh, but are, good. Are we saving the slab? Or are we saving the planet, Chris? Because that's saying, a lot of rigid insulation right. that we could put one inch on how many houses? Right. Versus fourteen inches oh, underneath one. True. True. I don't think we're going to go down that route. No. No. But it's right. It's there. It's there. We're saving so, the planet here, right? So, but that, but that, that takes you to where we are when, when there, when this, we have this great schism. You know, in that interview I did, I had say schism again. Schism. Like, <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Sounds dirty. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we Only had when that. You say it. Uh, yeah, say schism. So, I invited Dr. Feist and Katrin Klingenberg back when they were together before the divorce. Mm-hmm. I invited them to a nice uh, dinner out, and uh, I have to say, Dr. Feist was the most pleasant, nicest guy in the world because he was on he was on European time. After coming to Boston, it's now dinner time for him. It must have been like three a.m. and we're going out to dinner, and and I'm like, hey, can I record a thing? You know, put the little mic on the stand, uh, you know, on the table while we have dinner and chat about chat some more. That's right, that was spectacular about passive house, and it's really amazing. But but I was struck by the fact that, it, you know, if you look through the transcript of that, they alluded to both Katrin and Doctor Vice together that they were they had already divided the world up into different climate zones and they were working on standards for the, all the different climate zones and this is back when they were together and then um, when this, when this divorce happens um, it's FIAS that is really driving the different standards for different climate zones um, and now I think maybe we better talk about that um, that's great though Chris I'm going to go back and listen to that podcast now it's a little piece of history well see I wish you could listen to it like I've listened to it but it's uh, it just turned into transcript it's just it's just the it's, best the best bits right, because, muddy at a bar oh my god it was like I wanted to go to a quiet bar uh, after the you know a quiet little restaurant there's no such thing on Newberry Street <laughs> or on downtown Boston my god and we ordered the loudest fajita I've ever heard on, on <laughs> the world. You know, it's excruciating for me to, you know, just go through that that thing to listen to. I can't subject listeners to that. But, but it was it's, really it's, great. We have I mean, the transcript. And, it's, and they were together. And they were, they were smiling. And they were really, you know. So I kind of have this perspective of things just didn't work out. You know, it's like that. Honestly, it's like the divorce. It's like I'm a kid. I love them both. I think they've both done fantastic work. And they're both dedicated to it and really serious about moving things along and they just had this bump in the road that they can't get past whatever that was and we have there's you know there's all kind of, yeah we don't need to dig it up that you know what what caused the separation but where we are now is well let's get into it with fee 
Passive House Institute, that's European, to work on that project, to decide I'm going to do a fee project. You've, you've made the decision I'm going to work with the PHPP, the Passive House Planning Package, as your energy model. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. And there's some new versions of the PHPP that has a SketchUp plugin. I've not seen this or worked with it. And, and I think that is in reaction to what FIAS, the American version, is doing, where they, are, they have been using Woofy. They've decided, okay, PHPP is awesome. It's rigorous. You've done that, right? Or you've yeah. worked with that in your office. It is. That's right. Absolutely. The PHPP, for those of you who don't know it by now, is a spreadsheet. That's all it is. Isn't, but it's open it's just source. It's a 26 tab spreadsheet. Oh, That's it. That's all. And those aren't mamby pamby tabs either. Just start inputting windows. Oh my God. I mean, it can it can go. But it's also open source. So if you have these issues where you have these anomalous little pieces of your building that are quirky, you know, like this is not inside the envelope, but we're insulating it anyway. It's a buffered space. You know, you can add a tab and figure out some things and some clever guys can tweak it and go, there you go, kid. There's your, that's a more accurate thing. It's actually one of the more accurate energy models you could possibly have, but it's enormously rigorous. It's the type of thing that you and I, when we sit down, we go, God, I don't want to do that all day. It's cells and spreadsheet and... But they're both still using the spreadsheet. So Wolfie passive, which is right. So so like right. So Fias is using right. They said okay, we're also accepting Wolfie passive. They've had this partnership with Fraunhofer, who is a they are a testing company. That sounds German. I want to say they're German. I don't know that they're German, but I'm assuming they're German because Fraunhofer. I'll go with that. Yeah. Fraunhofer, sure. It doesn't sound Italian. It doesn't sound Italian so or, or American or Spanish. Anyway, so they've teamed up with with Wolfie. Uh, to, to develop a Woofy Passive, which is an energy modeling software, which you and I are a lot more keen to work with because basically you just import your SketchUp model. Everything's geometric, you know, and then you just go through the little folder tree, you fill in the data, and it tells you where you're wrong. It tells you like, oh, I can't, you know, this is, this is missing. This cell is missing. These things are missing. This is probably too high. This is probably too low. Check it. And then you're done, and boop, gives you your X, you know, your data. So I'd say to the graphic person, it's much more user-friendly than to the um, spreadsheet-type person. But we know these spreadsheet-type people, and they might gravitate towards that. So, so in a way, there's like how you energy model your house from the get-go right there. That's different. Mm-hmm. You're using Woofy Passive. I think, actually, I don't know this, but... I think, you know, Woofy or Fias was happy to accept PHPP or Woofy Passive. Okay. Whereas Fee is like, well, you use the PHPP, that is how it's done. There's one way to do this. Right. It's very German. So what else is different, Chris? The base? Oh, Mamacita. Buckle up. The well, biggest yeah. all right, the biggest thing is like we, we talked about before, is the climate specific standard. So your your annual heating and cooling from a from the FIAS standpoint it's not this single number. It's not a 4.75 BTUs per square foot per year. It is click on this website and click on your lo- local weather place, your climate data set that's closest to you, and then you have your new benchmark that you're trying to hit. And uh, there's a lot of snobbery out there for the, the European version where, because it's tougher, right? It was first, why are you deviating from it? It was this thing. Oh, oh! You want to hit? 
oh, you need help hitting these standards for your climate? Here's an easier set of standards, you, you pansy. But I tell you, that's not exactly right because both my passive houses that I've done, if I did the FIAS version, they would fail. But on the European, they pass. Mm -hmm. Here's where they failed. Mm -hmm. The Viridescent House, which maybe I'll put a picture of in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do that. The Viridescent House, which is uh, going for FIAS certification right now, all on the old standard, not on the new standard. So it's, we're, we're hitting all the same European standards for these both these houses. But for the 2015 standard, the peak load, it, the threshold is higher, but we actually have to hit it before we could choose whether or not we want to hit peak load or annual load. And the peak load, you always miss. You always miss it. There's no way we at a, at a peak load can get down to that low number. You're just, you're not going to hit it. And so the number's higher, so you think, oh, it must be easier to hit. But yeah, but you have to hit them both. You have to hit annual and peak. And we just missed the peak on the viridescent house for the 2015 stand, which means we would go back and we'd, do some, we'd tweak something to, to make it and we'd, and we'd do it. So that's one thing. You have to hit hit both of those. So, And for the other house, it's a much larger house. And we would have probably just missed the um, the air sealing. But you have to get much tighter. You have to get tighter <clears throat> on the larger house. Because it's a, it's tested about uh, for a CFM per square foot of shell. Correct. Versus ACH 50 now. Right. now, And this is a big, if you talk to the FIAS people, this is, this is a big um, adjustment this is a big correction because there is sort of this bias to the larger building if you're if you're basing it on volume because your your larger building has a much more the ratio of skin to volume. Exactly. So PHI, the big big buildings are much easier to hit. Exactly. So like the Viridescent House, you know, it's tiny. And my God, that was the most aggressive air sealing thing we've ever done. Mm -hmm. I've ever been involved in. And we're still sweating it at the end when these numbers are coming in. I'm watching, you know, the the, the blower door dance, the CFM numbers dance, and I have, you know, yeah, my we, heart flutters. We had the same thing with Bright Built Barn. We were, right. You know, we we're just starting to pass us, and we just had, we had the goal of 0.6 in mind. Yeah. And that thing was tight, tight. Because it's so tight, damn small. Freaking tight. Yeah. But we just barely got there by the skin of our teeth. And see, like that standard with the FIAS, you'd probably you'd probably coast through it. Not right. coast through it. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. Both these standards are very respectable. I mean, it's you're still doing a very mm -hmm. energy efficient, super tight house. Here's here's the other trick to that for FIAS is okay you've heard of the, or you know the TFA right the, right the right, treated, right. treated floor area right it's like a, a net versus gross now right exactly they measure right. it differently so, right. so how do you get apples to apples right well so that you know, why do you need to get apples to apples where <laughs> we're gonna end up okay all right so so then the question is why is it why did FIAS go and rock the boat and change TFA because TFA was and maybe I'm, I'm I've had, a, okay, confession, I've had a couple of drinks and I'm doing this from memory, but I'm pretty sure TFA is basically your, your floor area times 8.2 feet. So, so like your volume could be much more voluminous, but you're, you're capping it. You're just saying that's what you're really ventilating. And then you have all these other rules for mechanical spaces and spaces under stairs and things like that. Well, the ICFA is basically, they say it's, you know, it's like the golf ball. You fill your, your building with golf balls and so you subtract the interior partitions like you do right, with the right. CFA. You fill it with fluid and then you dump it out. Yeah, and yeah, that's, and, that's, and that's what it is. And you gotta get the little window niches. niches. I feel like I've been talking for a while. Maybe. I... You also know this better than I do, so 
No, that's not true. I mean, you guys, you guys are doing passive houses out the wazoo as well. Yeah, we are. We were just up against this in a big project, trying to look at, at both of the systems, really trying to hit some passive house standard. And the truth is that one is not easier than the other. Right. They're just different. Absolutely different. So you have to know what you're going into. For... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's right. You have to, you know, the truth is that Fias Plus should be called something else. We should think of it as a really wonderful you know, American low energy goal. And to that point, a lot of these new, these, these climate specific data points were all not developed in a vacuum. They were all based on, you know, different metrics to generate safe, economical, comfortable structures. And that was interpolated across these different things. And, and as I understand it is that, that FIAS attempts to monitor the amount of energy per person. Correct. Versus PHI, which talks about the energy per square foot. Per square foot. foot. And the, w the way they do that per person is they do it by bedroom, so which is very much like ResNet. And so they they knew what they were doing. They were partnering with um, you know other organizations to develop these standards so that they're sort of consistent uh, in the United States. So basically, you take the bedrooms, number of bedrooms, plus one times 6,200 kilowatt hours times 3.412, which is the loss. Holy Buckle up. Alert, I know. Hang on. So that, that's the energy loss. Uh, that's the line loss to get that, to get that 6,200 kilowatt hours to your house. You have to multiply it times 3.412 to get um, you know, the actual amount of power you did. And then you divide that by the ICFA, which is different than TFA. So you see how complicated it gets—a little fuzzy, but it's really not that big a deal. And then, you, then that's then and that's the source the energy piece is different, right? Well, that is, yeah, that, that's the different that, that's part. That's the whole piece, and it's because we have we have dirty power here in the U.S. Right? Yeah, power is different in different places. But then again, so. in the U.S., are we using hydro or coal? You know, what? right? Exactly, and and it does not get that nuanced. Thank God, because right? It, it well, here's I mean here's. Here's one of my concerns, and it's really strictly from marketing. I mean, Passive House has been on a roll. And there's a, there's, had been a unified tribe who said, this is a great thing, we're gonna change the world. This has been the most stringent energy um, goal that we have out there. You know, there's living building challenge, but this was, this had, Passive House has had a full head of steam. And Fias Plus has really made it more accessible in a lot of ways to the US market. At the same time, there's a marketing problem. Yeah. Because we had three metrics that we all started to get into our heads. Right. And now it's, well, it could be anything. Right. You know, it's the same issue you have sometimes when somebody's asking you, Chris, how, mu how much were you gonna, are you going to charge for design a house? Oh, God, Phil, I don't know. There's so many variables involved. How, you know, what, how blah, big blah, your house blah, 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 blah. I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> right. Tell me 60 grand. 60 grand? That's too much. Tell me 40 grand. 40 grand. I'll take That's it. Good. Thank you. Let's sign just, you up. Just I, get gonna, a number down. I'm going to work up a proposal and have it on your desk in the morning. And a small, and, and a certain, and the right amount of people are just going to say yes right away. They get it and they want to move on. I like if, those people. But if you start trying to talk about it in detail and too many units, I think you have a marketing problem. Interesting. So do you think Fias has a marketing problem? Out of curiosity? Well, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned. I think in some ways, 
it's smart because more people can attain yeah. PS Plus, but I think it's going to be over certain people's heads. Yeah. Oh, well, so here... There's, again, we're not making judgments here, but I right. think... No, I, I agree. comes to mind. I agree with that. But here's their power play. Um, Wolfie Passive, which I mentioned, free. It's now free. You can go get Wolfie Passive for free. Your own energy modeling software that's pretty sophisticated and pretty nice. It only does thermal stuff. Wolfie's famous. But how much does it cost to learn it? <laughs> a <laughs> load of time. <laughs> that's right. A load of time. That's I just okay. Got time bleeped. is free. I got bleeped twice. <laughs> but, it, you know, and it's one thing for you and I to learn it. You know, I just, I just got off. I should say this, too. I just came off of getting my... Uh, CHPC Certified Passive House Consultant Training. Hey, hey thanks, dude. Through Fias. So that's the route I went. Right. Just because it was most convenient. Again, I really wouldn't have cared. I uh, no, that's not true. Because I was pretty enchanted with with Wolfie Passive. As I could see myself sitting at my desk doing Wolfie Passive, whereas I could see myself sitting at my desk doing PHPP and being less happy. Hmm. But that's just because I know myself. Mm-hmm. Woofy Passive, Woofy being famous for doing high-growth thermic uh, analysis of assemblies where you can, you can tell where your dew point is and you know, how much, you know, is this assembly wet at this point or not? That is its call to fame, but Woofy Passive doesn't do the moisture part, just as thermal, the free part. But you can get Woofy Plus and then do everything else, but that's going to cost you. So... <laughs> That's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> they get you all They're excited. They get you one way or another. Yeah, and you get all geeked out. And you're like, this is awesome. Um, right. What else do we want to talk about? So, so all right. So, so primary energy is calculated differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's different. And then your infiltration, your 0.6 ACH50. Now, we're not uh, 0.6 ACH50. We're concerned with 0.05 CFM per gross square foot of shell area. And it's very easy to convert your ACH50 number that you're used to calculating and convert it to your shell, but you need to know your shell envelope and you need to know, you know, everything you needed to know to get your ACH50, your your volume and such. So it's different. It's, it's different. different. It's just different. Everyone just relax. It's just different. You can go to mom's house for Christmas or dad's house for Christmas. You're gonna have a good time. Everything's going to be great and fine, and they're going to be happy for you, for your choice, and hope that you'll come to theirs next next. That's right. They're going to both make very different meals, but you're, either way, you're going to come out fed. I like schnitzel. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, that's a very German thing to say. I don't know. I, that's probably racist. I'm being racist no, again. I so. I don't know. I actually do very much like schnitzel. It's very good. There's and a good and I, like, I like burgers and fries. Well, who so. doesn't? Who doesn't? The U.S. version. New American. All right. So um, last thing, I think we're I think we're ready to wrap this up. Yeah, I think so. Because I think more than just you and me blabbing on about it, uh, there's plenty of links that we're going to provide you. Katrin just posted her own little blog uh, to Green Building Advisor, and we're going to invite Dr. Feist to also chime in. Are we going to? Yeah, read, read her read yeah. her letter. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because the other thing I did prior to this. I like to give I like to give these important people a couple of days notice before we <laughs> before we go on online. I we did three questions. We uh, sent an email out to each one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And they replied back. Or Katrin replied yeah, back. Right. 
And uh, Dr. Ben, Feist, not yet. Not yet. Hopefully He's, we'll hear from him and maybe, maybe we'll he'll chime in. We'll chime in. Yeah, and, that, and that'd be great. But he, he had someone over there, Benjamin, chimed back and he sent me a couple links to some really great things that okay. new things that are happening with with um, the Passive House Institute. And they basically revolve around the fact that, you know, Passive House, uh, we should give, we've talked a lot about FIAS and the change, and uh, probably rightfully so, but FEE is also evolving. You know, they've, they're getting a SketchUp plugin for PHPP to help people like you and me. Mm -hmm. uh, they've also developed the, um, they've got the Passive House Classic, and they've got Passive House Plus, and Passive House Premium, which has to do with being, being net zero, or being net positive, or are you, are you integrating PV into your building? You could be, if you're Passive House, then you're Passive House Plus, and are you net zero, then you're Passive House Premium. So I'm a little confused. Is this like the new Coke? It's like the new Coke. Okay. It tastes got better. It. All right. it tastes better. Just try it. Just give it a chance. No, no, no. It's, it's really the exact same thing, only they're recognizing renewables is really what they're doing. Oh, okay. So, Interesting. Because before, Passive House was... Right, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was all about energy demand. Its beauty was its absolute simplicity. You know, it's just like energy demand. You, uh, you may hit this standard and be a Passive House, or you may not. It is up to you. That's it. And in a way, that's gorgeous. You know? Yeah, As I opposed really to, appreciate the elegance. And again, marketing, nice job. Nice job. Done. And now they're saying, and if you add renewables, good for you. We'll put a plus on it. So, I don't know. They're throwing the Americans a bow in there at the Germans. It's so Americans, we like those little extra oh, you stars. Need, you need pluses? Can I get need, a, need, Daddy, can I get a blue sticker? Can I get a little extra yeah, blue star, please? Yeah, yes, you can. Yeah, we love golds and silvers and platinum. Gold is the best. Oh, Gold is worth I don't know. Platinum, I made up a platinum and it's better. Oh. Anyway. All right, so let's... They let's, all look sparkly and silver to me. Yeah. So we emailed Katrin and Dr. Feist. Katrin got back to us. Dr. Feist did not get back in time. So I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's, let's read. Let's take a break. Refresh the drinks. Come back. Read Katrin's answers and, and plow on. Sound good? Sounds great, Chris. Handsome man. Yeah. So um, you're going to tell us what <clears throat> Katrin Klingenberg has to say. Right. Based on the three questions that we asked. Right. And, them. and I don't want to, you know, I feel like this has been Fias heavy in our conversations, but I think it's, you know, Fias is the one who's like changing. They're like the one doing the new standard right now. So maybe it's fine that we're doing that. But, um, I, you know, this went out to both Katrin and Dr. Feist. And, and like I said before, Dr. Feist is a fantastic dude very kind dude and I'm sure he'd reply but I didn't give him a lot of notice and, and he's a busy guy and so but Katrin did which was nice of her uh, so here are our questions I, I asked both of them and so only, only Katrin got back to me in time for this for this airing so we're, we're gonna talk about this is her conversation so real quick I asked do you believe the division of fee and fias is a good thing or a bad thing for the building industry and why. 
Uh, she responded, it is a good thing. There are options and different takes on the passive house approach and related standards in the marketplace. Diversity in viewpoints and open scientific discourse facilitates the evolution of concepts and leads to better results. Very well said. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the counterpoint to that, I'll just throw in, was that it, when the division happened, I was mid-project when it happened, and it was very, it was tough, man, because I was like, oh, who's going to certify this thing? Everyone I was talking to was via certified, you know? So then we switched wagons. We didn't know what to do. So Yeah, it's a tricky position that we even put in people who are Oh, exactly. In yeah, the, the process. Kid, the kids in the divorce. We have to figure out what, and we have to navigate our own path between mm-hmm. this whole thing, so... Not that we don't love them, because we do, but it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out on the American side. And by the way, screw the metric system. <laughs> I don't know why we're not on the metric system. Don't you remember being in, in like grade school? Like oh, when, yeah. you're, when you were a kid in grade school. Do. Yeah, we started to learn it. Yeah, it was like, kids, you're going to have to learn this because we're switching to the metric system pretty soon in your lifetime, in your generation. And what happened? Was it, was it the same time the solar panels got ripped off yeah. the White House that Reagan said, Reagan, I'm too old to learn this crap. Let's yeah. forget it. Never mind. I am too old to learn this crap. That was frighteningly good. Oh, thank you. Well, a couple... I can imitate anybody with... After our Manhattan. Yeah. Sean Connery. Let's hear it. Lovely party. Pity I wasn't invited. (laughs) (laughs) You boys. And your... Your green architecture. All right. Outstanding. Thank you. How about Joe. number two? No, what do you mean number two? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I, I can't imitate number two. You mean number, number two from, from the uh, Mike Myers movie? The uh, Oh, come on. The International Man. Austin Powers, International right. Man. Number two? Ah, I've lost it. Oh, there. Um, I said, there are a lot of architects and builders who are just beginning their understanding of passive house concepts and are just learning that there is a European original certification system set of standards and that there is also an American new certification system and set of standards. There's a lot that I'm sure you'd want them to know, but what do you think is the single most important thing that they should know about this difference? Phil, I'll let you read her response. Thanks. Should I do it in her voice? Uh, no, no, no. I think she'd be offended. Okay, no. let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, After I, German accent. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to... Go know, with you, it. You started with your Sean Connery and I'm not sure what else I have to... Right. Uh, so Catherine said, first, I think it's really important to accurately relay the history to newcomers. A wife, wise friend of mine once said, if you don't know your history, you have no future. Very wise. The original Passive House research and concept was developed in Canada and the U.S. in the 70s and 80s. Passive House standard, the guiding energy metric, was established in Europe based on those North American building science principles in the mid-90s. It would behoove the discussion, behoove, Behoove. Good word. Great word. It would behoove the discussion and the community to clearly distinguish the two, the set of principles about which there is complete agreement versus metrics. Right. This to fairly attribute the contributions of the early North American pioneers and to those who did important work in Europe, including the idea of a pass-fail performance threshold. Right. Great. You can see why Catherine's like where she is. I mean, she's very deliberate about what she's doing. It's not... Mm -hmm. Out of thin air. And I like what she says there about making sure that, you know, we all understand that, you know, we're all after the same goals. You know, the principles are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The metrics are different, you know. Right. So, very good. Number three, uh, what is the latest development in your respective organizations 
that you would want architects and builders to know about. You know, and I cite examples of development software for energy models, new standards, new methods for certification, new methods of training. Do you want to hear her voice again? Sure, that was good last yeah. time. Yeah. We made the transition to Woofy Passive, a dynamic passive modeling software program for more accurate modeling results in varying climates. Regarding our certification, our FIAS Plus 2015 certified projects are also qualified by our partnership with the U.S. DOE as Zero Energy Ready. I had heard that. Mm -hmm. The most important and most recent development is the FIAS Plus 2015 Passive Building Standard. It's the product of three years of work under a Department of Energy study in which the applicability of the European standard to North American climate zones was investigated and adjustments were proposed as a result of the research. It was officially launched in March 2015. PS Plus 2015 makes important adjustments to the metrics while maintaining the same principles as its base assumptions. Most importantly, design guiding energy metrics are now climate specific and cost optimized using North American construction and energy cost data, which will remedy costly overinvestment in the envelope and overheating issues that had occurred under the European standard. As part of that effort, to take the next logical step in getting off carbon, we launched a source net zero energy certification with FIAS Plus 2015 as an envelope baseline, essentially certifying a building as producing sufficiently positive energy amounts to offset all carbon emitted operating the building during the year. Right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Boom. So FIAS... It's concise, and that was a lot of the stuff that you and I had introduced yeah, last indeed. we talked about this. Yeah, I feel pretty good that we kind of yeah. covered that, too. So, yeah, and FIAS, like... Like fee, you know, is, they have their fee is plus, you know, so the, you know they recognize if you're a net zero uh, building, and they are teamed up with the Department of Energy and you know the net zero ready uh, standards. So, yeah, great, done, feel good. I, I feel know. good, and um, hopefully we'll um, this will spur a little more talk as it has continued to do over right. the last couple months. Yeah, I'm sure we did not cover everything, but I, we're going to provide some links on the side. The new Woofy, uh, or the new FIAS uh, 2015 standards, I think, are going to be, they're going to go through the ringer, and, you know, we'll see how it comes out the other side. I know that cooling, for example, is a bigger, th you know, the, the mid-European climate, you know, there's really not a cooling component to it, and when you start applying that to Miami, you know, all of a sudden, cooling standards are really hard to meet on the new FIAS um, standards, whereas they're almost non-existent on the fee. But um, yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, Catherine's pretty clear about that on her GBA article. Right. Yeah, I urge you all to to go to go actually hear this from the horse's mouth. Phil and I are just kind of alerting you to the fact that there are two different systems. Just relax. No big deal. Um, they're, they're different things. You they're just have to think of them as different certification different systems. Things. We've got a bunch of them now, and they're all good because they all drive us as an industry in the right direction. Right. So. Yeah, you love them. You know, they're your parents. You like them. No fisticuffs. No fisticuffs. No back, to, back to hugs. Chris, can we back all to hug? hugs. Have a like cocktail and just get on with it, dude. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. So I'm going to take us out with a song. Yes. Who do you have this time? Uh, the Mountain Goats. I know you don't love the Mountain Goats. I did. It's, it's the lead singer's voice. Yeah. You know, he's just, you know, he's kind of, he feels like, he feels like uh, my my goober brother. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's like. I love it. He, he just, he, he sings like, I imagine he talks. 
Exactly. I kind of I kind of wish he would sing more. Very real to me. All right. Well, his new album called Beat the Champ. Yeah. Now that song. And I say his, but it's it's a band. It is a band. Jaron Darnielle is the lead singer and the the writer. All right, but you sent me that song. I was at least four or five measures into it and liking it, and then then. Uh, he started singing. <laughs> he started singing. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is the Mountain Ghost. This is their new one. Oh, well, all right, all right. This one I like. Fine. And then he got to the line. I'm personally going to stick you in the eye with a foreign, foreign object. object. And I'm like, I am sold. Fine. Mm-hmm. I see you, Phil. I got you. So the That's album good. is called Beat the Champ. Nice. It is all about professional wrestling, top to bottom. Oh. Oh, really? The whole album. Love it. Oh, so that explains the foreign object. The song is called Foreign Object. It's not about the building collaborative team. Architects, builders, engineers stab you in the eye with a foreign object. Pro wrestling, dude. It's a throwdown. Great. Another good one, Chris. Cheers. Cheers. I'll see you next time we do this, Phil, or if not before. Later. Bye. Like a dog down on the car. Square in the spotlight, sweating real hard All soaked in blood, like a newborn babe Sharp thing hidden in my hand, shaped like an astrolabe Gonna stick you in the eye, with a foreign object Gonna poke you in the eye, with a foreign object Keep my weapon hand